0: what is going on everybody welcome to the abstract sports podcast with kyle richards where we bring you sports all kinds of sports we bring sports back to life actually with a fresh perspective on the game from abstract yet popular angles we're coming at you live on facebook we got five people in here now what's up danny glad to see you here we got got brad we got alice we got steve we got Perry, we got Charles, man. We got we got the whole neighborhood up in here, and I gotta do this. <laughs> gotta drop the rat horn for some excitement. Gotta build some hype for the for the pod. That was pretty lame, actually, this time. First time around, it was a lot better than that. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys can hear me okay. I'll do my best to respond to comments as they come up. Um, you see that I have a pinned comment to the stream, uh, and it's kind of blocking my view of all the other comments. Cause I'm doing this for my phone. So, um, I pinned a comment to the top of the feed. That's the weekly question. It's the question that I'm going to be answering when we get to the end of the, end of the podcast today. It's sort of our tradition. We, we like to try and start a conversation about sports and usually about things that, um, are on the more, uh, like I'd say, like I call it abstract side of the sports, something that's sort of related to sports, but, uh, has a bigger meaning to it. Um, and so we will get to that question at the end of the podcast, that, uh, that question that I pinned, it says, describe an instance where you've seen exemplary or non-exemplary self-discipline in sports, um, and how do you think it impacted the game? So if you were here last week for the podcast, you'll probably notice that's slightly revised from what I spit out over the microphone last time, um, but I decided I wanted to take it just a little bit different route than I did before, because uh, I initially had paired up discipline and attitude as two of the intangibles from the blog that we like to talk about. Um, and I asked like a really open-ended, vague question. Uh, so I decided to focus on just one of those intangibles and uh, make you uh, try to rack your brain on an instance of uh, where you've seen self-discipline or lack thereof and talk about how it impacted the game. And so I'll get into that at the end of the podcast. Uh, we got a good handful of people in here right now, which I'm really excited about. Uh, as you can see from the title of this stream, it's... a It's sort of clickbaity because, I mean, you got giveaways and then the word racism is in there. So that obviously gets people turning their heads. Uh, It's not meant to necessarily do that, but those are the things I'll be talking about today. Um, So we got T-shirt giveaways today. We're going to give it a shot. I don't expect to give away a whole bunch. And so I'm going to give it a shot this time around. We'll see how it goes. And uh, we'll kind of massage the idea as we keep going with this podcast thing and I think we can turn it into something pretty cool. So, yeah, the t-shirt giveaways. Let's get into that. I think that's what most of you are here for. I'm pretty sure you don't even like this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I know you guys at least think I'm slightly entertaining, but why not get a free shirt while you're at it? So, oh, my gosh, this cat. Oh, Get out of here, George. You're really messing with me right now, George. Oh, George is going to be like, become like the new the new villain of the vo- the podcast. Oh man. If he wa- knocks my water over on this desk, my wife will be so mad. Oh man. You can tell this is like an average Joe podcast where I'm talking about my cats knocking over my water. But anyways, back to the important stuff. Um, the t-shirt giveaways. You're going to have to do a little bit of work to get a t-shirt, especially since we're just starting it out. I want you guys to be really engaged with the process of how I do things and And kind of get you to dive into my other channels where I put up my content so you can uh, hopefully win a t-shirt. So here's how it works. The first step is you have to go to the Abstract Sports Facebook page. I think that's the the best way to do it. Um, Go to Abstract Sports on Facebook. Um, (laughs) Work? Come on, man. Um, Go to Abstract Sports on Facebook and share this podcast. So if you're watching it right now from like my personal feed or something like that, click on the link that says Abstract Sports. Go to that page, share the post, this post, this podcast from the page, and that will make you eligible for the giveaway. That's step one. So share the podcast from Abstract Sports Facebook page. I hope that's not too hard. But the next step is also you have to like our Facebook page. And I know that sounds really terrible. It sounds like I'm trying to just get likes and you know, I care. I, I, I put my feelings into the number of likes I have on my page, but no, that's not the case. Honestly, if it's just about wanting to make this thing grow. And if I want to make this thing grow, I got to give you guys an incentive to get a free t-shirt. So that's what it's all about. Uh, (laughs) so you have to like our Facebook page. It's abstract sports on Facebook. You can go to facebook.com slash abstract sports. And then share this particular podcast if to be eligible for the giveaways today. That's how it's going to work this time around. It might be different down the road. But now for the fun part. You know, a lot of people will just say, like our page and share this post and we'll do a raffle. No, I'm going to make it just a little bit harder for you guys because I know you can do it. I know you're tech savvy enough and I know that you pay attention enough. So here's the fun part. Here's how we're going to do the actual giveaway. After you've liked our page and after you've shared this podcast from our Facebook page, there's there's been a couple of times in the podcast over the last few weeks where I've lost internet connection. Um, like you know, it'll kind of time out, and I on my end I see it it says uh, poor connection, reconnecting soon, something along those lines. For you guys, it probably does a similar thing, and I'm pretty sure that's because of my internet. Either way, it doesn't really matter. But the idea is that during that short period of time um, you can't hear me. Ideally, you wouldn't be able to hear me talking while that's happening because what's going to happen is when I get those connectivity issues to reward you guys for putting up with that nonsense of me having connectivity issues, um, I am going to give out a trivia question. Perry, geez, I'm at Walmart. (laughs) Hey, that's awesome. See technology. You're watching the podcast from Walmart. That wasn't doable about 10 years ago. But anyways, when I have a connectivity issue, you'll notice the screen will like time out and like start spinning with a little loading gif saying uh, connecting soon or something like that. When that's happening, I have a couple of trivia questions here. They're going to be about things that I've said in the podcast, something about me, uh, something about sports something about abstract sports. There's going to be a handful of trivia questions I have here. and Hopefully I don't have too many connectivity problems. Usually I have like two per stream, the way that I have this set up right now. So the idea is that when I go down for downtime, I want to reward you guys for taking advantage of that and hopefully getting a t-shirt. So here's how that, how it works. I give the trivia question when I have a timeout issue. And I'll probably mention it in the podcast. So you have a, a secondary way of knowing that it happened. Um, and then what happens is I'm actually recording this podcast from like for post production for SoundCloud and iTunes and things of that sort. And so on my, my end, I will be recording that part and it will go up on the post production version of this. So on SoundCloud, um, let's have a peek at that t-shirt. I don't have a t-shirt with me yet. That's that is the catch. I still have to design it. I still have to get it printed. So that's one thing. Like It's, it's kind of like you're going on a list. But I'm going to get them made hopefully within the next week or so. And whoever wins them today, if, the, if anybody does win one, um, then I would give it to you within a week's time. How's it going, Shane? Welcome to the podcast. I know that's kind of a cop-out, but um, I really wish I had one. But I had this idea. Uh, and I had to do it, even if I don't have T-shirts. The T-shirt is an abstract concept. Yeah, you see, it's it's right here in front of me. Can you see it? <laughs> no. Uh, so when I have a connectivity issue, I'm going to give out a trivia question. So what you're going to have to do is after I put this up on SoundCloud after the show is over, so probably around like 8.30 or 9, um, I mean, you're going to have to be paying attention because I'll be sharing it on the Facebook page. That's why you'll want to like the page so you can get the notification or see it pop up on your feed. Um, but when I post this up on SoundCloud, you'll have to like check out the timestamp on the Facebook live stream here, jump over to the SoundCloud and try to find where that trivia question is and the first person to drop a comment with the answer to the trivia question and get it correct on SoundCloud. So you have to comment on SoundCloud. So that's where the there's a lot of work. There's a lot of steps here. The first person to get the correct answer in the comments on SoundCloud will win this first T-shirt. And I'll put the design out later this week, and I will uh, give a shout out to whoever won it. And I'll get it printed. Hopefully this, uh, you know, maybe early next week, and I'll get it to you as soon as I can. So that is the idea. I know it's kind of like really long winded and ridiculous. But I, it really frustrates me when I have downtime on my live stream, it doesn't help with the quality of the stream. So I want to get back to you guys for putting up with me for that stupid 10 or 15 or 20 seconds. Um, so yeah, you'll want to be listening. You want to be paying attention. and If you hear the audio cut out, that's probably a time when I'm having a connectivity issue, at least on, I mean, it could be your end, but on my end, some of you might actually end up hearing me give the trivia question. Um, but who knows? So (laughs) it's, it's kind of up in the air. The idea is to get you guys to listen to the post-production stuff and, and try to drive engagement and reward people for doing that. So with that being said, if somebody were to get to the live stream or the, the post-production thing on SoundCloud who wasn't in the live stream, they could take advantage of winning it first because they could be listening to it. So you'll want to have your eyes open on Facebook tonight after the show's over. I, I hope that's not too complicated, but I mean, you know, it's the first giveaway. I don't have a huge budget. So if somebody ends up not doing it, then it's like, okay, whoo, I saved some money. But honestly, I, w- I want you guys to get a t-shirt. It'll be cool. It'll probably have the abstract sports logo on it. Uh, Danny can't read the full comment because it's too long. Got to get back to work. I'm guessing. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, Danny, thanks for stopping by, man. Uh, when, if you can later check out the post-production podcast on SoundCloud, go to soundcloud.com slash abstract sports, and you might have a slim chance of winning a t-shirt in there. Um, but yeah, so that's the idea. I know it's far-fetched and it's long-winded. I know, trust me, I know, but I want you guys to work for it. I know that you guys are good enough for that. Absolutely will. All right, man, Danny, have a good rest of your night, man. Uh, so with that, let's get into the thick of things. Uh, we got that, that stuff out of the way. Um, let's talk about some MLB. So just to keep it simple, we'll talk about some, uh, some of my fantasy baseball stuff. Uh, I believe in the last podcast, I mentioned how I uh, traded away former MVP, Chris Bryant from the Chicago Cubs. And I took a lot of flack from, from people like Charles and, and Becky, who's been in this, in the stream before and Alice I got some real dirty looks this weekend when I went to a birthday party. I'll tell you what. But I explained myself, and I I told them the players that I got in, in exchange, and they were like, okay, I see what you're doing here. And so I don't feel as bad as I did last week. I'm not, I don't think I'm depressed anymore, so that's nice. Um, but along with that trade, within the last week, I made a whole bunch of free agency pickups. I did so many, I can't even list them all to you guys. But I mixed up my lineup quite a bit, put a lot of uh, heavy hitters in there. um, And honestly, it's made a huge impact. Like my score has been going up. Uh, I'm now in ninth place instead of 10th. The problem is that uh, eighth place is like nine points ahead of me. And in Roto category scoring, that's quite a bit. So it's going to take a bit for me to uh, um, get up there. Charles says, yeah, the stages of grief. I did go through the stages of grief. Uh, I don't even know what those stages are exactly, but I know what you're talking about. And I experienced many stages of disappointment and, uh, Oh, what's the first one? It's, uh, denial. Like, Oh no, I didn't do it because this like, yeah, defending myself. I definitely did all those things. Um, but I bet, I think what it did is it sort of, it made me pay closer attention to my fantasy baseball lineup. And it made me it like lit a fire under me to want to do better because I made this ridiculous decision to trade away the MVP. So I think it's done some good for me, honestly, like now, instead of being a, at the very bottom, I am two and a half points up from the bottom and only nine points away from eight. So I see a steady climb here. Uh, hopefully we can turn it into something big down the road. Um, and, uh, one of my guys, Mark Reynolds, I picked him up a couple weeks ago uh, just in the news. I saw he, he had hit a – or I got Alice here in the stream if she's here. She sent me a video of him hitting a home run in uh, with the it was a broken bat home run, which is crazy. Tells you how much power the dude's got. Um, I thought that was just fun fun news. Um, but there, there's been one story in particular surrounding the MLB this week that has been – Unfortunate, um, but interesting to follow because it's been there's been sort of a happy ending to it. Um, And I wouldn't even call it a happy ending because it's an ongoing issue. Um, But it's something that I want to talk about because it definitely definitely relates back to the universal qualities of the fact that we're all people. And like part of the abstract sports blog is to talk about the more human side of sports, not just looking at numbers and things like that like you know athletes also are human beings and this issue kind of uh runs into that situation uh Brad says it's a long season yes it is so i have i can i definitely have time to climb back to first place and i plan to do that um but if you're an MLB fan you probably heard that there were some racial slurs directed towards Adam Jones of the Baltimore Orioles at Fenway Park uh which is the home of the Boston Red Sox apparently this has been a thing that's happened before um you know i i think it's happened a lot more than just this situation and a couple others. Um, it's just that there's a lot of terrible people out there and they have these, these, uh, terrible morals and they just, they're not accepting of all people. And I, I find it extremely frustrating. Um, it's unacceptable for any sport, any, anything in human life. There's no reason to not like another person because of the color of their skin or their background or where they come from any of that. Um, and, And I actually, for once, I like the way that Stephen A. Smith described this situation. Um, So when something like this happens, obviously the player who's hearing these comments uh, being directed straight at him from a fan, first of all, why are there not other fans trying to stop that guy from saying those things or like somebody trying to reprimand him for saying those things? I feel like that's the first step. Um, But Stephen A. Smith kind of gets to that point more uh, concisely and in a big way. So he mentions that uh there needs to be a collective effort to combat the stigma of racism um in in Boston in particular is what he said. And so what he means by that by a collective effort, not only do the fans have to try and get on board with, with uh trying to squash this stigma, but also the city of Boston, meaning like the mayor, um and the team administration uh there for the Boston Red Sox needs to step in and do something about this. Uh, but then players, the people between one of those two teams, somebody should step up and say something uh, to try and help let let Boston and let MLB fans know that that's not the way that all of Boston fans think or not all, the way that all baseball fans think. So there's a collective uh, effort to try and squash the stigma that this fan sort of stirred back up into a frenzy. And so um, – in terms of the city of Boston, I'm not. I haven't heard anything about that that part of the collective effort, um, but the team administration did say that this is unacceptable and we will find ways to uh, handle this situation down the road if it happens again. Um, I'm not entirely sure what those efforts are going to be, but from the players was one that I like. The angle of the way that the players tried to help the situation was really awesome. So a player for the Boston Orioles, uh, or sorry, Baltimore <laughs> Orioles, uh, Mookie Betts. Of the of the Red Sox. Sorry, I got that mixed up. Mookie Betts of the Boston Red Sox asked that the Boston fans make a stand against that kind of action. So, um, meaning like they need to give him a, give that player, Adam Jones, a standing ovation to let him know that that's not how we think as a city or as a community or as a fan base of the Boston Red Sox. Um, and you know, a, a team like this, it's been, has been dominant, um, in the past. They have a lot of, uh, they have a huge fan base. I feel like, I mean, it's in one of the biggest cities in the country of Boston. So you don't want the fan base or anybody close to the MLB to think that that is okay. And so the fans came out and gave a huge standing ovation. Uh, when the Boston Orioles, or Baltimore Orioles, <laughs> man, two teams with B's makes it really hard. Um, but when they took the field, they gave them a big uh, standing ovation to let them know that we are behind you, Adam Jones. We don't want you to deal with this ever again. The guy who did this is, uh, a bad person, you know, all those types of things. And that just kind of goes to show that everybody in Boston feels the same way that, um, in terms of how this one pitiful, pitiful fan was, uh, just throwing out these racial slurs at this one player. They're like, dude, we got you. That's not okay. We want to let you know that as of, as the fans. And so it was really cool to see that situation handled from all the different angles. Um, Mookie Betts. uh, I, you know, kudos to him for stepping up in that situation. I think he made the right move, 110%. Um, and and to take this, the conversation a little bit further, um, you know, when something like this happens, race is, a, is a, a, a topic, a story that happens across all different sports platforms. As you know, as humans, we are diverse. And in sports, they are also diverse because – that's just how they are. Like <laughs> the, the general population of people who enjoy playing sports is a diverse community. And so to take it across to the basketball side of things, Draymond Green added to the conversation, uh, saying similar things, as I've already said, but added that he can't imagine what Jackie Robinson must have went through when he broke the color line back in 1947. And oh, Charles, I can't read the full comment. It's cutting off on my phone. Let me look it up here. Oh, my goodness. Thoughts on, about Boston having a reputation amongst black players as having a consistently racist fan base. So that's that's sort of what I'm talking about. I, th- I think that the what what uh, Stephen A. Smith was getting at um, was that he, with Mookie Betts coming up and, and t- telling the fans to give a standing ovation to Adam Jones, um, he if the idea is to not let this one terrible person paint the entire community of Boston with a broad brush I mean and that's sort of paraphrased in his own words that, that is sort of what he said um you don't want this one fan to paint the reputation of Boston with his words and his own actions so the city of Boston showing up at this game and giving a huge standing ovation to Adam Jones and the Baltimore Orioles is a testament against the fact that the um like, or I guess not against the fact that they are that way, but to let them know that we don't all think that way. Um, you know, there may have been a lot of instances in the past where things like this have happened. Um, and I mean, it's going to happen. People are terrible people and that's just, it's just how it is. But I think the fans stepping up in that situation means a lot. Uh, but also Mookie Betts taking a stand for the other team that they're playing against in a competitive nature, I think says a lot as well. Um, it seems like, you know, everybody is on Adam Jones' side and the entire uh, African-American community in the MLB, um, except for that one guy. And I I, I kind of wonder what he thinks after doing that. I wonder what, what the repercussions were of him saying those things to him. Um, but you know what? I really don't want to give him the time of day. I don't, I don't want to look him up. I don't want to know what his name is. He doesn't deserve that kind of attention. So I, I think that it's great that all the, from all these different angles, people are trying to combat the stigma of racism in the MLB, especially in Boston. Like you are saying, Charles, it's a thing that's happened there in the past. Um, I think it's great from all these different angles they're trying to squash that. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy for that part of the story. Um, and uh, Draymond Green, he, to take his story a little bit further, he went on to say that there is a reason – that there is a day in, in, in uh, in the MLB that everyone wears the number 42 for Jackie Robinson and everyone wears it. It's a huge step in the right direction for, uh, our civilization as people, um, that he was able to be the first African-American baseball player in, in the MLB. It, it's, it does a lot for a lot of other areas in the community. Um, And I'm going to actually drop this link in the article. So this or this link in the comments. This is the article I found of Draymond Green talking about it. Uh, He said some similar things of what Stephen A said. But um, I'll let you guys take a look at this. Um, Definitely an interesting story. And uh, I'm glad that it turned out the way it did with everybody going at this guy who is just a menace, you know. Um, But that's that's sort of the controversial topic I wanted to touch on because that's something that's not acceptable and one thing about sports that I love so much is the, the diversity um, of people that play sports. Uh, but not only that, uh, the type of, uh, man, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's just like an unwritten acceptance, you know, that we're people, you treat each other the same, we play by the same rules. We're all working for, towards the same goal. Um, and we're all doing similar tasks uh, physically and mentally and um, you know, to try and, get a win or win a championship. And that is very uniting, uh, you know, as a, in in a competitive nature, it unites people, whether you're playing against a certain team or not, there's a thing called sportsmanship where you're supposed to respect the other team. And that goes for everything, respect everybody. That's kind of how that goes. And that's one thing that I love about sports is that it's just, it's a universal acceptance uh, policy. And when something like this comes up like that Boston fan, it gets just, like, that is not welcome here. And, uh, you know, obviously it shouldn't be welcome anywhere else. But sports especially, that's like, get out of here. You, you, he shouldn't be welcome back in that stadium ever again. Um, so I'm looking at the stream on my Facebook page, and it's looking, like, really glitchy. And I hope it's not like that for you guys. But, man, it's very glitchy looking. Okay, it's not. I just refreshed it. It's a lot better. Uh <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah, I wanted to get talk about that story. I think it's important to mention these things to talk about them and, uh, try to find a way to talk about them because it's something that I honestly personally don't get to talk about all that much. And so I like to be able to get my words together or try to, and, uh, talk about the the good side of that situation. So I'm glad I was able to do that. Uh, moving on to the NFL, there's been a lot of news, obviously with the NFL draft just, just happening. Um, you know, obviously, there's so many picks, over 200 picks that get drafted in the NFL draft, and I'm not going to cover all of that. I mostly just want to talk about some of my favorite stories that kind of came out of it, um, and then uh, we'll we'll jump right into uh, uh, some some NBA playoff action. So, in the draft, the biggest story that everybody's heard, I know Charles knows what's coming, but the Bears did this unthinkable thing where they traded their their third spot, their third pick in the NFL draft to get to the second pick. So they went through all this trouble of losing other picks in the draft to try and get the second pick. And then they picked somebody who they probably could have picked up later on in the draft. They picked up a guy named um I don't even remember his first name. I didn't look it up. Tru Trubisky. Trubisky. He is a quarterback. They picked up it picked him up. His name's Mitchell Trubisky. Uh He wasn't supposed to go as a number two pick by any means, but they did it. And one thing I loved, um, have you ever seen like those uh, reaction videos? You know, people on YouTube will make a channel where they just react to videos real time. People love to see people's reactions to things, especially when they're like really crazy or really passionate about that thing. And the reaction videos that came out of the, the, the Bears community was so great. Um, you know they they have cameras all over the country at, at viewing parties for the NFL draft usually where there are players at this at this location so they have a big party to celebrate and when the Bears picked that picked Mitchell trubisky and as the number two pick overall like the camera just kind of pans across this room and all these bear fans so you know it must have been in Chicago or something just like face palming they're like what like just dumbfounded that they picked this guy and Perry on Facebook says worst pick seriously (laughs) Um, but I think there's a silver lining to it which I'll get to but fans everywhere were upset including Charles he's in the stream you can heckle him if you like I think he'll enjoy that Um, but I do have to say that Charles himself has I think he has grown to accept what they've done he's he's come to he's come to realization that there is a silver lining kind of like what I'm getting to was it the Bears? Yes, the Bears picked Mitchell trubisky um, and I, what Charles is getting at, I think, is that the team has always been very defensive and it they can't it seems like they're living in their old uh, 80s era ways where they were just a major defensive powerhouse and nobody could uh, get past them and that's what helped them uh, be reigning champs back then. Um, let me bring that up Chicago. The 80s Bears. Charlie could probably spit some facts out. Like, this is a stream that I probably should have had you join me on, Charles. Just saying. So, like, the 85 Bears. Uh, let's see. the. Uh, I don't want the 85 Bears. I just want Chicago Bears on Wikipedia. Let's go. Shout out to Wikipedia for making this service that I use all the time. Uh, Here we go. Chicago Bears. So, they have... I don't think they've never won a championship. Is that true? (laughs) Championships. Kate. NFL championships. Pre-1970. AFL-NFL merger. They have 1921, 32, 33, 40, 41, 43, 46, 63. Uh, Then they won in 1985. That was back when they were in their super defensive prime. Uh, Perry on Facebook says, Watson is a better quarterback in the draft. Yes, 1985. That was the year that... They were just unstoppable, and a lot of that was because they were defensive. They always have been. I remember players like Brian Urlacher. Um, he's like the main guy that I remember. <laughs> uh, Charles can tell you all about the Bears, but with the Bears taking a quarterback in the draft this year, it's sort of like maybe they're trying to switch it up a little bit. They usually pick a defensive player in the first round. Um, Bears would would be better off signing Romo. <laughs> Perry on Facebook dropping jokes. I love it. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. But the fact they're picking up a quarterback, maybe they're trying a different angle, and you never know what could happen. you know there's there's been a lot of flops in the NFL, especially you know, first rounders come out like Reggie Bush. he was one of the bigger flops. Um, Watson wins. I will say that, but he, oh my goodness, the comments are so long. I can't even keep up. can't even read them all. He says what Watson wins, Charlie on Facebook. I will say that, but he threw a ton of interceptions and turned the, turned his wheels a bit quicker than Trubisky. Okay, yeah, so he's not as steady in the pocket as Trubisky. Um, and sometimes that can be a good thing for some quarterbacks. Um, Brad says, what about when the Saints traded their whole draft for Ricky Williams? Oh, okay. I see what you're talking about. <laughs> well, Ricky Williams, he did a lot for the Dolphins, but they weren't a championship team. They never won one. So... And, and, you know, what happened to Ricky Williams, he just kind of, he was good for a handful of years, then he just sort of fell off. But definitely an interesting story to see the Bears go through all that hassle to pick a number two guy who shouldn't, shouldn't have been picked that early. Maybe it'll turn out good for him, you know, somebody like uh, um, Mariota, Marcus Mariota got picked really early in the draft last year, um, or a couple of years ago, and he hasn't quite been a flop. I mean, he broke his leg late in the season this year, but I think, uh, he's going to be really good when he's going to come back stronger. Same with Derek Carr. So I, I honestly hope the bears can turn that into something. They've been, uh, sort of on the down for a long time. Like Jay Cutler was okay. a Handful of years back. Um, yeah. Steven says Ricky wanted to smoke weed instead. (laughs) Yeah. Get your priorities in order, man. You're only making millions of dollars. Why throw that away? Um, but yeah, so that was that was a fun story. Rebuilding on the offensive end instead of the defensive. Uh, another fun story was T.J. Watt, the brother of J.J. Watt, that defensive beast as well. Uh, T.J. Watt went to the Steelers and J.J. Uh, Watt comes out and says that he, he told Antonio Brown to haze him something extra. so a little brotherly love obviously hazing is not allowed in the nfl i'm sure there's some stuff that happens but from brother to brother you can't help but laugh at that uh and brad brad's trying to defend ricky williams right now saying that he was meditating instead of you know smoking weed he was helping him meditate uh i see your your approach unfortunately there's policies that say you can't do that kind of meditation (laughs) but when the whole Honestly, I don't pay attention to the NFL draft. I think it's just overwhelming. There's too many things to look at. Um, Sorry if you you keep seeing my hand show up on the screen because I'm like swiping up and down to see the comments. Um, Obviously, you people on SoundCloud and iTunes don't know what I'm talking about. But if you join the Facebook live stream, facebook.com slash abstract sports, on Wednesdays, 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, you'll know why you're seeing my hand. Boom. Shameless plug. Maybe he can rap. They need something. <clears throat> Let's see. I need to look at that full comment. Sorry, my the Facebook comments, man, I need to do this a little bit differently because I can't see anything over the top of that pinned that pinned comment. Uh Alice says maybe he can rap. They need someone for the next Super Bowl shuffle. <laughs> you never know. I mean, <laughs> uh they'll find a use for him whether he's uh helping the the, the actual starting quarterback warm up or do his drills. He'll provide some value to the team, no matter where he ends up, whether if he stays with the bears or if he goes somewhere else. So, um, I have optimism for his, his outcome. But anyways, with all the stories going on in the NFL draft, it's kind of crazy. Uh, but the one thing that I like the most is when you get us, you see these stories of these, like it's almost like rags to riches type of stories. Um, where these these kids who come from um, all different kinds of backgrounds, uh, sometimes um, less fortunate backgrounds, they find football as a savior and they make it to the NFL. And you see these videos of them getting drafted to the to a certain team, sometimes their favorite team, and seeing these grown men get to this point. They're so humble about getting there, and then they get drafted and. They just like unleash. They just start crying everywhere. All kinds of emotions. You people dropping F-bombs on live TV. And, uh, you know, that's raw emotion. He said that was raw emotion. I agree. I mean, I tend to... I, I've definitely dropped an F-bomb out of passion and excitement and anger. You know, times when emotions are high, I've dropped an F-bomb. Why not when you're on live TV? <laughs> um, but I just love seeing those stories because... You can't help but be excited about these people. Um, I mean, you know, I'm sitting here just watching these guys be excited, and you're like, you get a feel-good feeling out of that for them getting a feel-good feeling for getting drafted. It's like, if you haven't read Charlie's uh, post on on the blog, if you go to abstractsports.com, there's an article on there. Um, It's titled, Is It Just a Game?, and he talks about this crazy attachment that we have to players and teams. And it's almost like we live vicariously through their stories. And I'll admit, I kind of do. I mean, everybody does, I feel like. just <laughs> Brad's saying all the times when you should be dropping F-bombs. Only when emotions are high. <laughs> um, but he wrote an article called, Is It Just a Game? He talks about that that crazy attachment we have. And I think when you see these stories, it's sort of, Along those same lines, you can't help but be excited for them because you know you you have empathy for them. you maybe once you dreamed of being a professional football player, and so you have empathy for what that might feel like and the euphoria you'd be feeling just like unreal adrenaline pumping and dropping live you know f bombs on live t v those are the things of champions those are the things of stories that you want to hear down the road so I don't know. That's my favorite part of the NFL draft. To me, it's a it's a lot of hype. Um, it's a big marketing ploy, which you know I, whatever. It's a business. Why not? Um, but it's a it gives fans a reason to get excited for football coming up. It it has its purposes. But those are my favorite things: is seeing those stories. Um, just just very, just raw emotion. Can't you can't beat that? Best reality TV. So, anyways, we got through the MLB. Uh, we got through the uh, NFL. Had a few stories there. Uh, now let's move on to the NBA. I'm going to try to keep this somewhat shorter because the question section is going to be um, <clears throat> kind of a beast compared to what it's been in the past. <clears throat> and so let's go into the NBA action. So round two has begun. We've got Utah, the number five seed in the West, taking on the number one Golden State Warriors. That's the series that I am paying the most attention to. Um Game one happened last night for that series. As you know, you may know that the Jazz and the Clippers went to Game seven. Jazz won three games on the road in LA, one game at home, which I was there to witness um, to take on, to take out the Clippers in the first round. Seven games for a team like the Jazz that needs the playoff experience—that is so big for them, especially going into next year. They have that newfound confidence of what it takes to have that winning culture in the locker room and what it takes to get to that point in the playoffs. Um, and I need to pull up this comment again because I can't read it. It's too long. Uh, Brad on Facebook says, why do superstars act so dramatic when they get slightly fouled? Um, <clears throat> are you getting into the a LeBron James hater rant again? Cause that's where it seems like this is going. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe I'll address that question later. That's one of my frustrations with uh, football, meaning like European football, and as well as the NBA. Kyrie Irving is also that way. LeBron James, you know, floppers. They are very frustrating. That's not not good reality TV. I don't think they're acting for entertainment. They're acting for um, profits and benefits. (laughs) Different story there. Um, But... For game one between the Warriors and the Jazz, the Vegas sports betting books, or I probably said that completely backwards. Um, Perry on Facebook says, Brad, LeBron, all of them. Everybody. Yeah, Brad, you're a flopper. I guarantee you. I know I've bumped into you on accident. And you like flipped over a couch or something one time. I know that for a fact. Uh, <laughs> but the Vegas sports betting had the Warriors winning. In game one last night by 13 points and what's crazy is that was pretty much the deficit that the jazz faced all night long so i mean there's there's some truth behind the betting but it's just crazy to see that because i you know i don't really pay attention to the betting lines or any of the numbers there but when it lines up with the game so perfectly man it was crazy um but yeah so they The Jazz, they they tried to stay in this game. You know, the Warriors are just an offensive powerhouse. Also defensively, they don't really give up at all on either end of the floor. Um, But the Jazz tried to make a push in the third quarter. They hit a couple of quick threes and an easy layup. It seemed like they were taking advantage of some breakdowns on the Warriors' defense early in the second half. But a couple minutes later, go figure. The the Warriors just kind of figure it out on the fly, and uh, they start matching their points just right back. So they kept that 13-point-ish deficit all the way to the end of the game. Um, and then you have Game 2 coming up tomorrow. That's Thursday, May 4th at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you'll want to catch that. I know I'll be watching that one um, because I have some news for you guys. I uh, uh, Let's see. We've got some comments here. Curry schooled Gobert in dribbling. Well, oh, yeah, Curry made him put him in the spin cycle, as they say. That was pretty funny to watch, actually. total mismatch on the perimeter. You know, Curry's just going to get them all mixed up and I'm surprised Rudy Gobert didn't fall over, but I have some news for you guys and it's going to make you super jealous, but I'm going to tell you anyways. And there's Brad. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if you know this yet, but I am going to game three in salt Lake. (laughs) This will be my second playoff game this year. I had never been to a playoff game my entire life. This year is just the year. And you know, I, I have friends who are really excited about going. Oh, people are dropping angry faces. Oh, Brad. Brad's all mad. Mad Brad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have so many reactions uh, in this stream. That's hilarious. But, yes, I am going to game three in Salt Lake. It was sort of a last-minute thing. So me and my friend Jacob are going to Boise, uh, Boise, Idaho, to visit some friends. Uh, this coming Friday, and oh my goodness, I'm getting notifications. Uh, but we're going to Boise to visit some friends this weekend, and we were going to be coming back that Saturday. And so I was looking up tickets for the game, of course, it's just kind of what I do. And <laughs> I, was, I found some tickets, you know, they're reasonably priced. I'm not going to tell you how much they were, but they weren't all that expensive for. Uh, game three against the Warriors you know you get to see the watch the best team in the NBA do work. Um, you know obviously I want the jazz to win I want to see an upset. I think that'd be way exciting, especially at the home arena. Um, but since we were gonna be coming back to Idaho Falls on that Saturday morning or afternoon, I just thought, why not make a trip to Salt Lake since there's a game going on Saturday and I pitched it to Jacob. I told him the price of the tickets pretty much. I mean, this is sort of how it went. And he's like, let's do it. Like basically I found these tickets. He said, dude, that's really good prices. And I said, I'm doing it. And he said, okay. And so I bought the tickets right there. Um, so that's going to be really exciting. It's going to be a, a fun little, uh, broad trip, brode trip, B R O A D. Dang it. That one didn't stick. Uh, me and Jacob hitting the road, going to Boise, going to Salt Lake city, going to have us a good time um and you know game three will be interesting because you know the jazz play tomorrow game two if they can get a win on the road in oakland that'll make game three just that much more exciting but then again being down two games going into game three could make it ridiculous as well so i'm excited for that um and then uh, as, as far as game fours go um oh i already mentioned that no. Yeah, we, we got to watch them win their only home game in the last series. That was pretty cool. Uh, and hopefully we can see something like that again this in this series. Um, but I should mention the Jazz did beat the Warriors one time during the season. One out of three games they did win. Um, I have a feeling they will get game two. I'm hoping they do. Um, but um, just so you guys know, I mean, there's there's only a few people in here, but maybe some people who listen to this later tonight, um, maybe they'll see this and, and do it, but Uh, If you want to follow me on Snapchat, I'm always crafting some really neat Snapchat stories um, of my experiences, especially when I go to these games. Um, You can follow me on Snapchat. It's Kyle C. Richards on Snapchat. Um, And Brad's being a liar saying he got tickets for the game. He's really jealous, guys. Um, But yeah, if you want to follow me on Snapchat, it's Kyle C. Richards. You can check out my pretty neat story I'll, I'll craft up there. Um, but I also try to post some pictures on the Instagram before the game goes, uh, before the game tips off. So you can find some some pretty cool pictures and videos at Instagram. You can find us at Abstract Sports. That's our handle on there. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be really exciting. Looking forward to it. Uh, anyways, moving on. We have the Houston Rockets taking on the San Antonio Spurs in the second round. Um, the, the Spurs have sort of got the best of the, of the Rockets in the past. And this year it's looking a little bit different so far. Um, Houston's kind of a different team with uh, James Harden at the point. I mean, he's putting together an MB- MVP caliber season. Um, his leading his team to the number three seed this year, instead of being down in the sixth range, sixth range. Um, but Houston destroyed the Spurs by like 27 points the other night um, or yeah, two nights ago. and, a lot of people are kind of questioning whether the Spurs are just not going to be able to weather the storm this time. I think they're kind of right. I wanted to go back and listen to Corbin, like the podcast that me and Corbin did um, uh, previewing and uh, making predictions about the playoffs and who's going to win. Cause I don't remember who I had in the Spurs and Rockets series. I may have had the Spurs, but it's, it's a tough call. I think most of the predictions we made, we had going to like game five or six. Um, but I think the Rockets will, will do just that. They're going to be the ones winning. I'm not sure what my prediction was before, but that's what I'm going with now, uh, looking at the situation as it is. Uh, then you have the Washington Wizards going against the Boston Celtics. Uh, Boston took game one, uh, and despite a big game two from John Wall, uh, Isaiah Thomas put up 53 points, including a, like a complete takeover in overtime, You know, kind of like he does. It's IT time. Um, or it's time. I don't know. I feel like there's a better wordplay there than they're using in the media. Uh, but because of his push in overtime, they got the win. Um, and, uh, Oh, apparently right now. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. Thank you. Uh, Brad on Facebook. Thank you. Says, uh, Spurs are up by eight in the first quarter right now. So there's that. Perry says my phone, his phone is going to die. Oh no. You got to get one of those uh, portable chargers for the, for situations like this (laughs) Um, and for Pokemon go, if that's your thing. But (laughs) uh, anyways, Isaiah Thomas, the dude is a beast. Um, And I have more about him later on in the stream, but he puts the team on his back a lot. And he's like one of the most, he's one of the shortest players in the NBA, if not the shortest and he comes up big in, in the clutch when his team needs him all the time. Even in the playoffs, he's done that. You know, they gave up the first two games in the first series, and then they went 4 0 the next four games. Uh, Perry, yeah, you got to have that battery on you, man. Um, we got about 20 minutes left on here, so we'll see if you make it to the end. But yesterday, it was Isaiah Thomas's sister's birthday, his late sister, uh, one that passed away in the car crash. After the game, he was interviewed, and he mentioned that his sister gave him everything. In that game, um, he says that he does everything for her now, and man, you can't—he, you have to feel bad for the guy. He's using it as motivation. He wants to do everything for his sister now, um, and he managed to come out on top in a very physical game against the Wizards. If you look at the highlights, people are getting thrown around, like loose balls near the sideline. There's a time when a, a Wizards player just chucks a Boston Celtics player out of bounds. Oh my gosh, just like no mercy. Um, and actually, I had a friend at the game in Boston last night. Shout out to Peter, <laughs> old Pete made it to a Boston game um but game three is tomorrow. that's also Thursday, May fourth. It starts at eight p m Eastern time. It'll be six o'clock my time uh so I'll be watching that one just before the jazz get set to take the Warriors on after that um in L- or in Oakland and on to the next series in the wet or this is the East. <laughs> Uh we've got Toronto, the number three seed taking on the Cavaliers, number two seed. Um really not a lot to say here. They're they're really easy. not e- isn't. <laughs> I said that funny. Yeah, Charles. Pete was there. He was sending snaps to me or he was putting together a Snapchat story and I was following that. Which is why you guys want to follow me on Snapchat. Charles, you do. Perry, I believe you do. Brad, you don't have a smart enough phone for that. Um <laughs> But you get to see some of the things as they happen real time, which is kind of fun. Um, but anyways, in the Cleveland series, I really don't have a lot to say. Cleveland took Game 1 pretty easily, and then Game 2 is going on right now. Um, I believe that's true. Or it already happened. Cleveland beat the Raptors 125-103. to 103. So there you go. Um, I, You know, I feel bad for the Raptors. They're still kind of a young team. They're not really well-rounded like the Cavaliers are, so I don't see a way of them getting past them. But I think that if they can get one more guy on that team to help them out, um, I think they can go a long way. Like one big guy who's just dominant in the paint. Hey, what's going on, Clay? Welcome to the stream. Dallas, welcome to the stream. Glad you guys are finally showing up. Jeez. No, I'm just kidding. I'm glad you're here at all. It's good. <clears throat> so far there have been no t-shirt giveaways by the way. Um if you go back and watch the very beginning of this stream, you can fast forward through and see the steps that you need to take. Uh no, Clay, don't be sorry, man. I don't you I can't expect you to be here all the time. Jeez. I was just messing around. <laughs> uh, not that mean of a person. Come on. Come on. Uh but anyways, that's the NBA. On to we've got a quick transition into the weekly question. You see the weekly question is pinned up at the top of the comment section. Um, the idea is that you could be looking at that question and drafting up an answer. And when I get to the question section, you can drop your answer in the comments and I'll read it on the, on the podcast. Um, so here's a little transition area. If you want to try to answer that question, uh, draft it up and then, uh, feel free to drop it when I get to the weekly question. Um, Let's see. Charles said something up here. Oh yeah. I hope you guys feel awful for being late. <laughs> uh, it's funny, but uh, so Kobe Bryant's been making some moves outside of basketball. Um, I think I've talked about his canvas series in the past where he's developing like this uh, almost like a video production where he's trying to educate youth players or younger minded players on how players become great and the types of inspiration they can pull from, whether it's good or bad. Um, And the latest installment was a a segment called the mighty it, meaning Isaiah Thomas. Um, I should just end it. (laughs) Oh, you guys are funny, but this segment was called the mighty it for Isaiah Thomas. It's on Kobe Bryant's canvas series. Um, I do have to say Kobe has been doing like some spoken word performance lately, like live on stage and then like production quality stuff like this mighty it thing. I I have to say there's a certain level of cringe to it. There is a cringe factor because I've always looked up to Kobe Bryant of being this crazy good basketball player that I hope to be someday, you know? Um, and ever since I got past the fact that I'm not going to be a Kobe Bryant ever, I still like looked up to him in that same way. So now that I'm seeing him in a more creative light, which is like my thing. If you know me, I'm a graphic and web designer. I design stuff for my job. Um, I wouldn't even call it a job because I love it. Um, But I get to see my childhood idol be a creative person. And it's like, I never knew this. How did I not know Kobe was this creative? Um, Because I I force myself to watch the things that he puts out because I have to be a legitimate critic of his work but I still get the cringe factor. It's always there. It's always present. Um, But you just have to watch it. You know what? I'm going to drop the clip in the comments. This is another new thing I'm doing lately. Dropping things in the comments as we go because it kind of uh, helps you guys follow along. So let me put this in here real fast. Oh, hurry up, Facebook. Jeez, slow poking. All right, let me drop this in the comments here. So this is the production. I hope it's the right video. But this is the production of The Mighty IT. Um but he he talks about well first at the beginning there's a kid that's singing like this number and then Kobe comes in and he tells this story of, like it's like a poem almost where he's talking about how it doesn't matter how big you are or how small you are, you can all, you can still do good things. Um and there's a line in there that I, I think I shared on the Facebook page let me try and find that real fast too it was really good uh, yeah here it is this line comes from that production you'll you might watch in the comments that I just dropped there uh, but he says this five foot nine can't be measured in combines no sprint no drill no vertical leap can measure heart that can't be beat and I was like dang Kobe Bryant Spitting bars, (laughs) spitting bars that are in, in line are in a parallel with the, the themes that the abstract sports blog is talking about, um, the intangibles, you know, when you have a player who's five, nine, you've got to be better than just uh, being strong. And, uh, I guess strong is sort of an intangible. There's not a stat column for that either, but even when things are against you, you have things like leadership and, um, control over a game. Um, like and attitude the desire to win all these things that you can't measure that Isaiah Thomas brings to the table and I thought that was a really cool touch Um, and it's just awesome to see the things that Kobe Bryant is doing uh, that have parallels to the blog and I'm gonna real quick I'm gonna try to find this other thing from bleacher report on Instagram they put another really cool thing out I might try and share this if I can find it should be pretty quick me and Kobe Bryant's on it, so it's it's gonna be like right in my face. Where is it? There it is. Alright. Is there a way I can share this from Instagram? I doubt it. Embed? Huh? No, I don't want to embed. Darn it. I shared it on the Facebook err no, I didn't. Hmm. I might have to find a way to repost this, but basically, Kobe Bryant is—he came out with a an answer to the AAU competitive youth leagues for basketball. It's called the Mamba League, and essentially, he thinks that there that the AAU is teaching the youth the wrong way to play basketball. Instead of teaching them um, the fundamentals and teaching them things like leadership, uh, teamwork, support communication all the things that they need to know not only as basketball players but also as people um oh that's really loud in my ears my goodness cody bryant has been a big critic of the way aau teaches kids horrible terrible aau basketball it's stupid it doesn't teach our kids how to play the game so he decided to do something about it and i'm reading this as the words come up on the screen for instagram we're putting too much pressure on these kids too early and they're not learning proper technique. It winds up eating away at their confidence. The Mamba League was created with 40 coaches and 288 players from around Los Angeles. We challenge kids at the age of 8, 9, 10 to shoot on 10-foot hoops and that doesn't make a difference. Uh, by lowering the hoops and playing on a smaller court, the Mamba League encourages basketball fundamentals. Kobe also focuses focuses on inclusivity with the 45% female population. Through playing the game of basketball, I learned not just about the game, but about myself. You grow as an athlete and as a person. That line right there, that is what it's all about. That is abstract sports to a T. Um, but yeah, when you when you play sports, especially organized sports, you learn a lot about yourself because you're making connections with people who are your age. You're getting to know them. You're socializing yourself. And without that type of stuff, some kids turn out to be Um, you know, introverts. And that's not a bad thing. Um, But I'm just saying that uh, being involved in sports is a good thing um, because it can do those things for you as a a person. Um, You build these relationships. You also learn these life skills um, that can benefit you down the road. Um, You know, you can use basketball as a means of making new friends if you move to a new town because you'd be like, hey, you want to play some basketball? You know, something like that's really nice. But also you learn the things, things like discipline, Uh, which I will be talking about here in a minute. Uh, And, you know, sportsmanship uh, to respect other people. Um, There's a lot of valuable lessons to be taught from sports. And I like to look at basketball because that's where I find the most of them. Um, But on that note, you know, that's a really cool thing Kobe Bryant's doing. He's sort of going against the grain on everything that he's ever known, you know. So, I mean, AAU, he wasn't a part of that. Maybe he was, but he's trying to fix the system with his own solution uh and then he's sort of teaching these same values and ideals with his uh with his canvas series so definitely something to keep your eyes on i mean there is a cringe factor to it but kobe's doing all the right things off the court and i i have to commend him for that and i'm not just touting him up and talking about him because he's my favorite player and he was my childhood idol, but he's really doing some good things in the community of Los Angeles. So good for him. Um, But I also just love how it's perfectly in line with a lot of the values that we talk about on abstract sports. So just, just really neat, super neat. But anyways, let's get to the question that I have pinned to the top of your screen right now, or to the top of the comments. Um, So if you had the chance to draft up something for, for the answer, feel free to answer that now. You can drop it in the, uh, drop it in the comments. Um, let's see. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I'm getting like Facebook messages and all kinds of stuff. Um. Clay says, hashtag Kobe stole Kyle's idea. <laughs> Man, see that's what sucks when you put a cool idea on the internet. It gets stolen, especially when you don't have. A platform and somebody else does i mean somebody with millions of dollars can take my ideas and just steal them right out from under me but as long as i keep preaching the things i believe in about sports you know i feel like i deserve a spot like kobe let me be a mentor man if you see this if you're watching this video i doubt you ever will but i want to be a mentor i'll, I'll get you started with the mamba league in idaho let's go let's get let's get the mamba league in idaho Trademark it and sue Kobe. No, I would just, I wouldn't do that. Uh, Brad on Facebook says, uh, so I think this is his answer to the question. Um, let's get to the question. So I've given you the entire podcast to try and come up with an answer. Um, feel free to drop it in the comments while you're doing that. I'm going to reread the question. The question was, and it, this is revised from last week. So it might look a little different. Um, where do you see, oh man, I re- I reworded the question, but it didn't take effect. Gosh, darn it. Where is, where is it at? Where did it go? I swear I redrafted that question. Now it's all, oh, it's right there at the top. <laughs> oh boy. Notifications everywhere. Uh, okay. The question was, describe an instance where you've seen exemplary, or non-exemplary self-discipline in sports? And how do you think it impacted the game? And I've I've got one answer here from Brad, I believe. Uh, he says, Tyson, Mike Tyson, biting Holyfield's ear. Uh, yeah, that's not very good self-discipline. Maybe in the moment he didn't think about uh, the repercussions that would have or like, Maybe in his head he thought nobody could see him. Like there weren't cameras and thousands of people, millions of people watching the fight. Um, And obviously that impacted the fight. He was disqualified. Um, So yeah, that's obviously something you don't want to do. You don't bite a guy in a game where you're punching people. You don't... He brought teeth to a a glove fight. If if you can put it that way. (laughs) Um, But yeah so the question is a little bit uh open-ended and it kind of makes you think a little bit like self-discipline in sports you know you you probably can think of several instances where that happens um but i i am like encouraging you to think about self-discipline and then you know in sports but then trying to relate that to real life or relating it to oh my gosh cat do i still have internet I apparently do still have internet cat just knocked over the internet machine. (laughs) But uh, self-discipline shows up everywhere in sports. And I'm going to give some examples of uh, the type of stuff I think about. Um, Here we go. So for example, you can think of discipline or self-discipline as being patient or sticking to a game plan or, Uh, taking what you learn in practice and putting it into action in a game. Um, That can also be deemed as uh, something that could fall under the development category of our intangibles. Um, But ultimately being self-disciplined is doing the right thing as far as what you're asked to do. Uh, Clay on Facebook says self-discipline. Randy Johnson in his 20 strikeout game is savagery. Knew his game, knew his pitches. Yeah, see that? that is a good example of self discipline you know what's your you know your strengths you know your weaknesses and i'm sure he did he's done homework on the the batters that he threw against so he knew the type of pitches uh to throw to a certain guy but then having discipline in uh following the game plan of you know obviously you're trying to strike guys out all the time but there's a certain set of pitches you need to throw to guys to keep them on their heels um and 20 strikeout game that is the most I've seen one of my pitchers get on a given day in my fantasy league is like seven. So I could have like 20 strikeouts, man. That is unbelievable. And like the endurance you have to have as a pitcher, not throwing your arm out in that situation. That's ridiculous. Charles on Facebook has an answer. He says a Sandy Koufax. He didn't play during Jewish holidays, despite what it did to his streaks and numbers. Plus it pulled him from a, World Series game and incensed his fans, but he maintained his belief system and stuck to his convictions. Never gave in. Plus, he pitched with severe arthritis for years. He just knew what he needed to do, and that's a great example of taking self-discipline and like, like, merging it with sports and real life. So you know, you you stick to your beliefs. It, you you want to be the person that you want to be, and for him, that was sticking to his religion. Good for him. You know, he, he's stuck with it. He's true to himself and all is well in his life. You know, even if it's a, it, obviously that's going to affect the game and it's going to take his fan count down, but he's, he's kind of like a Tim Tebow. He doesn't really, I mean, I, I'm not trying to make the comparison. Like they are the same person or anything like that. But the storylines is what I'm talking about. The storyline is a little bit the same where, you know, they're both, uh, pretty religious people. um, And they go about their religious duties as they see fit for them. They don't care what other people think they do it. What, where, what means the most for them. And it's always you first before anything else always. And so you have to commend a guy for uh, sticking to his convictions, like you were saying. Um, And obviously that's going to affect the game. You potentially taking out one of the best pitchers of all time um, for that type of stuff. But, you have to stay true to yourself. I You can't help but commend the guy for doing that. Uh, I feel like I've said that over and over again. Um, you know, being honest, doing what you love, uh, staying true to yourself. All of those things he's doing in that situation, and I like it. Um, but, yeah, so I want to try to describe some instances where these things show up in sports. Um, I like the Randy Jansen and the Sandy Kofa- Koufax example. <coughs> Um, I think discipline is another thing that, um, one thing that sort of gets overlooked about that is like, um, what's it called? Like having responsibility for your actions and taking ownership in your mistakes. Um, there's a certain sense of trust that you can build in doing that, especially in a sport. Um, so, you know, if like, say you put up a game winning shot and you miss it, um, and you own up like, guys, I'm sorry, that wins on me. You know, something like that. Obviously, a lot of times your fans will, or your your teams, teammates will come up, man, we, we could have done better on the this possession earlier in the quarter. Um, you know, that type of stuff. But um, I think that's one aspect of discipline that um, tends to get overlooked. Uh, I think that kind of merges into a couple of different categories, but that's one. <clears throat> and I always think about, like, discipline. When I played basketball, on defense discipline is a huge thing and that's in terms of um technique doing the right things on the right dribble moves against a an offensive player um you have to have a lot of discipline and sticking to the plan of defense so one thing my coaches would always say is sit down meaning like you know they don't you don't want to have the offensive player catch you on your heels and like put you on a dribble move if you're standing straight up with your knees locked or something you know you don't have a lot of range of motion that way like lateral movement so when they tell you to sit down you got to be disciplined to stay down even though a player is pump faking you know trying to get you to jump in the air the only time you should be jumping is when they actually shoot so they always would try to discipline you to stay sitting down with a hand in the face you know hand down man down keep a hand up but sit down and i just remember that being the hardest thing to do so you had to have a lot of discipline and uh carrying out the coach's vision um but yeah, that's one example in basketball. Uh, and when it comes to football, let's see, discipline. I mean, I think I also think about like disobeying. Like you gotta punish your players when they do something bad. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways you can take that with the NFL, for example. Um, maybe Antonio Brown shouldn't be twerking in the end zone. He's gotta have more discipline than that. Uh, he's costing the team uh, important yards on the kickoff that ensues after that happens. So, I mean, that's another uh, way you can look at discipline. But I think that's more focus. Like focus on the thing at hand. Sure, you can celebrate. Your job is to catch a ball, but you could have done without that. You're hurting the team, and it impacts the game because you're giving the other team a uh, better better field position coming down. So. That's a, a simple example of discipline I like to look at. Um, but I I'm really love you, your guys' uh, thought on discipline and like trying to merge it with real life. Uh, Alice on Facebook says Dave Dravecki came back to pitch after cancer in arm, had to retire after coming back, and broke his arm throwing a pitch. Oh my goodness. Wow. And I wonder if that would be non exemplary discipline because you're putting your team's success at risk by being injured and going in the game. I mean, obviously you got to you have to do what you think is right for the team, but obviously that's a team call. The 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 manager and the coach probably are like, "Yeah, let's put him in." So it's probably not all his decision, but a true competitor doesn't give up. And I think that that might fall under a different category like uh uh, let's look over here on the abstract sports blog. Like, let's see, the intangibles. I guess you could call that, like, confidence, going in and just trying to will your team to a win. Um, giving it all you've got, having effort. I think that's a really good one for that situation. Um, no, I really like that one, too. But the way I, I like to try and... Talk about these intangibles. Like I like how you guys are merging it from real life to sports, and the way I look at it is, I appreciate all the viewpoints. I think it's great conversation. Um, but I like to think about like you know, say you have a coach who's telling you to do these things, and you're doing them because you love playing basketball, you love playing football, and you're trying to become the best you can be. Um, when you're when you have discipline in sports, it kind of teaches you how to how that. That that sort of philosophy carries over into the classroom, for example. So, I mean, I know of several people who would say that their high school coaches or other coaches have had more authority over teachers um, in terms of teaching them things because, for one, they love the sport. They want to play it. They want to be around people who enjoy the sport as well. And so they look up to their coaches because they can teach them the things that that can get them in position to be the best baseball player they can be. Whereas in the classroom, they're not teaching anything about baseball. Um, It's more classroom stuff. It's boring, you know, right? But I could tell you, I can't count how many times my coaches uh, when I played basketball would, would mention the importance of succeeding in the classroom. And they would talk about I mean, obviously they're teaching you all this discipline and things that you can do to be a good basketball player, but these things carry over into the classroom as well. Like discipline, if you can follow orders from a coach, you can most certainly follow instructions from a teacher. Um, You know, simple things like that that um, can help uh, mold a young mind into a responsible um, and um, respectful young person. And I think that that can go a long way, and especially at a younger age, obviously in high school and like college, these are types of things that you've already learned at some point. Um, but I, I just, I love the little nuances in sports that like you see something happen and it has nothing to do with doing a math problem in the classroom. But if you look at it close enough, it's like, okay, I I memorized the entire playbook for the high school basketball team. And it helped me know how to memorize the formulas for my math test. You know, something like that. There's a little connection that gets made, um, that I find like a huge importance in. And one day I will get my words. I will, I will, uh, develop my own word set into talking about this so fluently that abstract sports is going to be bound to be big someday. But, um, I just think that there's an important thing in the in the finer details when it goes from the transition from sports into real life, um, and I think Kobe Bryant and the stuff that he's been doing lately, like I've mentioned, uh, is a great example of that. Trying to take the lessons he's learned on the court, take them into a different setting with youth uh, and potential athletes, uh, but to teach them these greater values that are bigger than sports. Like, sure, you're five foot nine. That doesn't mean you can't. Uh, shoot as good as as the best players in the NBA. Um, you may not be able to dunk as well, but you have other strengths that they don't. So you're it's a, about seeing the glass half full. Um, and that's an, a great example of uh, a, an intangible asset in sports and how it can affect you in your real life. And it looks like we got another comment here. Um, Eric on Facebook says, Carmelo Malone and John Stockton took a lot of discipline and practice to perfect their team efforts. John Stockton feeding the ball and Carl Malone delivering baskets. Stockton had to discipline himself to play another player's strengths. That is so true. And that's, you know, you have to do your homework when you're those kind of guys, because you run these plays and certain guys can defend these better than other players. Uh, But John Stockton is one of those maneuvering, like evasive point guards that could just find the way to get the ball, the ball to anybody, especially Carl Malone uh, when he had to. And, You know, playing to your strengths. Like John Stockton wasn't the best shooter, and so, I mean, he was good. He hit some big shots, and he was he could shoot the ball. Obviously, he's a basketball player, but he had the discipline to play to his own strengths and be like, I'm way better at passing the ball. I can make plays this way more than I can on uh, by shooting the ball myself. So I I can definitely appreciate that playing to your strengths, knowing your strengths, and sticking to those in your passions, whether that is basketball or for me like uh, graphic design web design um or talking about the intangibles as they relate from sports as they relate to real life um but if you have discipline in pursuing a certain thing or uh doing the right thing that's going to help you succeed then you're going to succeed just with time you know and john Stockton in his career ended up putting up over 15,000 assists that's one of those records that's going to be unbreakable similar to like steph curry's 420 whatever three pointers in the season so I like that example as well Alice on Facebook says your wife will tell you that dance taught her discipline in all areas she will tell you dance is a sport I agree it is a sport it has a lot of the same uh, features that a sport does just doesn't have a ball I mean I'm and for me and there's there is competition to that so that's one other thing that I think defines a sport I think we're we're going deep into this stuff now. I love it. But I think one thing that defines sport is competition. And in dance, I think the competition is um, putting together a meaningful piece and having it be entertaining for an audience or evoking some kind of emotion or starting some kind of conversation. I think that's where the competition comes in for dance. It's um, what is your, who's your audience and what is your message? Because uh, so, it's, you know, it's an art form but there is a competition to it. It just doesn't take the form of going ahead to head usually against other people. I mean, shows like the voice and, um, <clears throat> what's it called? The celebrity dance show dancing with the stars, you know, that they turn it into a competition, um, making it kind of more like a sport and they score it, things like that. Um, but no, I agree. I mean, when, with dance, you have to have discipline in perfecting your techniques um, I know Kelly, my wife has tried teaching me certain dance moves and she thinks that I'm making fun of dance when I try them, but that's because I just look silly. I'm actually trying Kelly. I really am. I just am not good. <laughs> uh, but I, I definitely see the relation, uh, between sports like traditional sports and dance and how they can uh, bring out these intangible qualities that ultimately can affect us as human beings. You know, having discipline to perfect your technique and dance, um, translates over into, uh, making yourself more efficient at, uh, at completing a certain task as it relates to your job, shaving off seconds and seconds to be more efficient. Um, I definitely see the comparison, man, one minute, one hour and 20 minutes. And we haven't had one single downtime yet. Unbelievable. Looks like we might not have a t-shirt giveaway after all. Um, let's see. We've got some comments here. Alice says she can't spot a basketball. Uh, Brad says that's why NFL linemen take ballet. Oh, there you go. There's a good comparison where you're taking something that's not a traditional sport, but taking the skills you can learn from it and putting it into, into traditional sport. I like it. And I, that is, I think you would call that development and self-discipline, uh, being willing to step outside the box to improve your skills as a player. That's commendable, especially these big, manly, stinky dudes who uh <laughs> trying to be this just this nasty thing on the field. And they're like, you know what? Ballet can help us out. But guys' ballet, too. It's not just a girl thing. Um, there's a lot of things you can take from that in terms of technique. That's a good, good comment, Brad. Appreciate it. But that was a deep conversation about some in, intangibles when they, how, and how they relate to sports. I want to try and get better at using my words when I'm talking about these things. Cause I, I think that there, like I said before, there's a big thing that I think a lot of people miss when it comes to sports. And it's that relationship um, of the things that happen in sports that can relate to your job, whatever it is, whether you're a civil engineer, uh, an elementary school teacher, uh, a scientist who works in a lab, you know, there are these certain things that you do in sports that also relate to that. So I love that we're, we're starting to develop a dialogue about these things. And uh, I think we'll start to figure each other out as we go along, especially you regulars in here. Um, it'll help me um, flesh out my ideas on these things, which I think is awesome. But I also it'll help me learn a lot from you guys and how you perceive the intangibles in sports. So I really appreciate your support and uh, being here for this stream. So let's get into next week's question. This one's going to be somewhat similar, similar format. You know, it's going to be talking about examples as it pertains to an intangible. Um, And so this week's question is describe an instance or, you know, a situation where you've seen exemplary or non-exemplary attitude in sports. How has how can attitude impact a game, the outcome of a game? What types of attitude? Good, bad, positive, negative? Um, maybe certain players have certain attitudes and that can be good for them or it can be bad for them. Um, and sometimes the bad can be good. I mean, I, I'm thinking of examples off the top of my head right now. Um, I'm going to write it down so I don't forget it. Um, but sometimes being... Having a bad attitude can mean a good thing for a team. Bad attitude means good for a team. And I can't tell you this because it's a secret for next show. There we go. All right. Sorry about that. Yeah, so describe an instance or a situation where you've seen attitude uh, show up in sports. It can be good or bad attitude. And uh, maybe think about how it has how it impacted that that particular game, or how it can impact the game in general. So these questions are starting to be a little bit more open-ended, which I love because that's how you start conversations. People perceive things differently, and uh, you get a lot of different angles around a similar topic. Um, and the way that I like to think of it is, you know, you have an idea. Sometimes it's the best way to understand this idea is not to just like. You know, the definition of attitude is, and you know, that's like a point A to point B definition of attitude. But I like to talk about attitude and how it pertains to sports and real life and sort of dance around the idea of what attitude actually is. It's a very abstract way of looking at it, hence the name of the blog and the podcast. So you dance around the idea of what attitude means in sports and you can have a good conversation about it. And eventually, what do we have at the end? a different understanding with sports. And that's sort of what I'm trying to push. Um, I didn't expect this section, segment of this podcast to go so long or so in depth, but I'm glad it did because it's getting some of the, some good ideas out there and uh, warming you guys up for what's to come. I think so. Um, I really appreciate everybody for coming through the podcast today. It looks like we've had about 350 people see this on their Facebook feed. The video's got 104 views. Unfortunately for you guys, I didn't have any downtime um, on <laughs> in the podcast, so maybe we won't be doing a giveaway today. Um, I'm trying to think of a maybe we could do something else to do a, do a giveaway. What do you guys think? Okay, I'm trying to think of a good thing. All right, I'm gonna try something a little different. Let's try something a little different. Since I didn't have a connectivity issue, with which I am blown away by, I'll do one of those fallback uh, raffle giveaways. So we're going to give away one t-shirt today. I'm going to unpin this comment now. Maybe. Let me unpin this. So I'm going to do a raffle type of giveaway, but it's going to involve the same type of steps. So after the podcast... Um, <clears throat> I, I'd go through a process where I, uh, basically edit the audio and whatnot, and I put it up on SoundCloud, uh, which then gets put on iTunes and all those other things. But SoundCloud is sort of the main outlet where it disperses from. And there's a really cool place on there where you can have conversations. You can, when you comment on a SoundCloud, uh, podcast, it'll show you where the comment was in the, in the stream. And it kind of, can highlight the important things in a certain audio clip. Um, and so what I want you guys to do to be eligible for the raffle, and this is me experimenting. This is me totally experimenting. But after I get this up on SoundCloud, uh, I want you guys to just go to the SoundCloud. If you have an account, feel free to follow. but um, And I hope that you can comment without being having an account. But I want you guys to just go to your favorite part of today's podcast and drop a comment about what you liked or didn't like about it. Um, just give a little feedback. Talk about something in the podcast that you thought was interesting. Um, maybe you thought something was funny. Just be like, ah, this is funny. That's a, That'll count. I just want to try to drive engagement with the podcast. Um, and one way we can do that, obviously, is on the live stream. But... Um, I can get good feedback from you guys on what your favorite part was of a certain show, and I can try to do more of those things. Um, so that's the rule. Go over to SoundCloud. Go to SoundCloud.com. Uh, and then you'll want to go to the that particular track. So I'm going to be posting this up on the Facebook page after we're done here. It'll take me about 30 minutes to get up, something like that. Uh, so it's not going to be a rush to get there. Uh, just want to make sure you... Uh, go and comment, and then in next week's show, I will announce who won the T-shirt, and I'll do like a big thing. I'll do a raffle, and we'll have the rap horn blazing, and we'll announce the winner in the next podcast on Wednesday. So, head over to SoundCloud. Um, Feel free to follow if you have an account. Create an account, follow. Uh, But the idea is that once episode ten goes up, I want you to go through the podcast, find your favorite part from today's show drop a comment and I'll put you in the raffle. Um, Entries are accepted all the way up until the podcast starts, or we'll say up until six o'clock the day of Wednesday. Um, That's one hour before showtime. That's the latest I'll accept entries. That way I can get everything put together before the show starts. But anyways, guys, I'm, I'm super happy you all came through. Um, I appreciate you guys showing up. It really means a lot because I think today we talked about a lot of the cool topics that I like to talk about in sports. Um, my jaw kind of hurts right now. The show went on way longer than anticipated. Uh, Eric in the, in the stream, actually, he mentioned a few days ago to me that I should probably do some voice, uh, lessons or like some, some exercises so that I can practice in my inflections and, and, uh, basically, culture, my vocal cords into being able to withstand long periods of talking. (laughs) I might have to take that advice. Um, but again, if you want to get involved with, with abstract sports, whether it's the podcast, uh, Clay says gold medal for the podcast, sir. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. If you want to be eligible for the t-shirt, go comment on SoundCloud when it goes up. Um, uh, if you want to get involved, whether it's on the podcast or the blog, you can go to the website, go to abstractsports.com helpful links in the footer that'll get you started there. Um, But you can find this podcast on iTunes. For those of you listening on Facebook uh, after this goes up, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, Please drop a comment. Uh, Let us know what you think about the content and the podcast in general. Feedback is always good, whether it's positive or negative. As I always say, Uh, be sure to follow us and like our page at facebook.com slash abstract sports. If you like to tweet, you can find us on Twitter at abstract sports with a K. But man now that my voice is gone my jaw is just wrecked uh, I just want to uh, I want to want to say thanks for tuning in guys I really appreciate it uh, my name's Kyle Richards and you just listen to the abstract sports podcast. We'll see you next Wednesday